you having fun? Just staring from across the room. You've got to stretch your stuff, and I'll show you just what to do now. You gotta dance, gotta make your advance, you gotta show you've got guts. I gotta move that'll make them swoop, and it's called the two step strut. Now dance with me. Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? It was odd how the last deed caught the imagination of the world. All that Andrew had done before had not swayed them, but he had finally accepted even death to become human, and the sacrifice was too great to be rejected. Let's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Are you Madison crying? And Jones, tell the people Are you crying? Did that move you? No. That no. movie. No. That was, of course, the famous Isaac Asimov quote um, uh-huh. from the Bicentennial Man and other stories, which Bicentennial Man, the classic Robin Williams flick, was based off of. Actually, it was also based off the Positronic Man, also by Isaac Asimov. Also, Fake more accurate, more accurately. Really thought you were going to say also Borat. Let's give ourselves just a quick pat on the back for another absolutely banger of an opening. Yeah, really. It was we awesome. Just, we crushed it. We came in strong. It, <laughs> we hit the jokes. We talked over each other. It was. It totally wasn't preceded of literally seven to eight minutes of me looking for a quote to read, and it was. It was completely um, mm-hmm. just off the cuff. Like I, I, I memorize Asimov quotes every day. I think we submit this introduction for a casty. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make podcast awards? Yes, there are podcast oh. awards. Oh, okay. I wonder, I wonder if we should. Yeah, probably not, right? <laughs> Whatever the podcast equivalent of the Razzies is, maybe we could submit for those. Oh, that'd be great. It's uh, the Casties, but it's spelled with a Z instead of an S. Which one of our films do you think deserves the best worst film? Like, like the best- deserves a Razzie? Beetlejuice 2. Beetlejuice 2. Yeah, it's probably Beetlejuice 2. <laughs> you, you pitched a literal fever dream, and I just wrote Beetlejuice into an actual plot synopsis of an episode of uh, Jersey Shore. Everything else we at least tried. I, I think back to that, and I'm like, how was our Beetlejuice 2 movie worse than our Cool Dog movie? <laughs> how did we make a better Christian Mingle sequel than we did a oh. Beetlejuice sequel? How did we make a better Christian Mingle sequel than the actual original Christian Mingle movie? Oh, Corbin Burnson wasn't involved at all. That's true. At least in the production of the movie or the writing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, speaking of Corbin Burnson, Bicentennial Man, Madison. Bicentennial uh, Man. Yeah. You picked this film last week uh, for us to watch, and I liked everything until Sam Neill died, and then I did not like any of the rest of the movie. I actually stopped watching. You got the a movie. good hour. Yeah, you got a good I got hour. A, I got a fun hour out, you know, out on my couch. Um, as soon as he went to break up the wedding of, you know, the adult daughter of the very old woman who he raised from childhood, pretty much. Um, I and just also was loved. like, oh, yeah, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. And I stopped. I did look up the synopsis because I'm a professional, so I know what happens. But mm-hmm. I basically, as soon as he became a flesh man, I kind of also stopped caring. Like to, That was like the last vestige of me giving a shit at all. 
so there's a point. Can you hear that? Okay. Yeah. This is this car alarm? I can kind of hear it, but. Oh, whatever. There's a point in the movie that you didn't make it to where mm-hmm. um, before he injects himself with blood so he can age, um, uh, he, uh, uh, his, his, his uh, scientist friend um, mm-hmm. set, uh, gives him the ability to taste and process bodily fluids and food and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh, and oh, so he just starts down in hot dogs right and then stand up poops them out in the toilet d- there yeah yeah it's a it's a very meet dave situation um whoa meet dave could be a um an evolution of the andrew except he's from another planet true true jesus christ it's like just no i like i no judgment i every like Every six hours, a car alarm goes off here. So, how does someone let their car alarm go on for so fucking long? That's like, <laughs> like people live in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I live in an apartment complex. Like, I, but I, I just like I know what you mean. They like it for a while. It just seems wild. Yeah, that seems like it's getting louder. It's probably not. It's just me. I'm leaving this all in. My yeah. my frustration. Get my hot my hot anger. Um, yeah um frequent there's a, a car alarm in my neighborhood and the person who owns the car just won't fucking go out of their house and turn it off so i'm just gonna talk through it um and <laughs> so there's a point where uh his scientist friend uh oh now it stopped now it stopped i heard you yeah um <laughs> no, it started again it started again i set it off I was going to say, as soon as that car stops, I'm going to go get my keys and set off my panic button. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I wish I could take this computer with me and like uh, document the journey of me actually knocking on all the fucking doors in my neighborhood, telling someone to turn their fucking car alarm off. There was a bit earlier where I thought maybe the fire alarm was going off in my apartment complex. And my joke was going to be if we were recording the podcast and happened, I just get on the Zoom call on my phone and have you record the Zoom call then. And I would just go around and oh. ask the people outside because we were all outside what they thought about Bicentennial Man. Yeah. Um. I live in um, my apartment has like my room. Um, I could open the window and like look down at the street, like mm-hmm. very uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Like you boy down there on the sidewalk. Whose fucking car alarm is that? <laughs> <laughs> Here, take this nickel and go shove it in their eye. Take um, this rock and throw it through the windshield. <laughs> the one as big as me. Yes. <laughs> It's still going on. Okay, whatever. Um, so there's a uh, there's a part in the movie that you didn't make it to where his scientist friend gives him the ability to eat solid foods and process them. Like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, him and Portia, the granddaughter lady that he eventually marries. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> what a phrase, the granddaughter yeah. lady. Um, they eventually hook up like she um, she gets uh, she doesn't marry the guy and they hook right. up. And then um, that next morning, um, uh, 
Oh, the other big thing is that uh, it, and I'm, I'm sad that you didn't make it to it because uh, his scientist friend in the conversation where he said he can uh, process solid foods and eat solid foods, mm-hmm. he also said that he can give him the ability to have sex as well. Um, not to reproduce or anything like that, but to have sex. Um, so it, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it, there's this, like, realization, um, and I was high when I was rewatching this, so, the, and no. so I just started laughing, yeah. Um, so I just started laughing because there's a good portion of the movie where it is Robin Williams, like, you just realize, oh, he hasn't had a penis this entire time. <laughs> This 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 yeah, this, wow. this 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 I can't, this, I can't believe I missed this time. I can't believe I missed this masterpiece of cinema. <laughs> Move over Citizen Kane. It's the yeah. scenes where Robin Williams now has a dick. There there is a conversation where just like you kind of realize it is like, oh yeah, he just hasn't had a dick. I'm like I... <laughs> Uh, the more you talk about the end of this movie, the more I realize I made the right decision and possibly oh, waited completely. too long. Because in that scene, after they hook up, they have breakfast and he has like four helpings of bacon and eggs. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and he they kind of the movie kind of has like a beat where it just stops and like they kind of like, um, (laughs) oh, just that part of the movie. It stops. Yeah, it just stops. And then they kind of like sit there awkwardly for a bit. And then Portia is like suddenly like as if like the actor switch just got turned back on, like there was like an outage Mm -hmm. or something. It turns on and um, because they wanted to add another like 30 minutes to this movie, she's like, wait, they'll never let us be together. Um, And (laughs) so the rest of the movie becomes about him trying to fight for the, him being the classification of human mm-hmm. in the most wave overed like like um scenes where he's in front of like the world senate like trying to plead his case um and um and them saying no and then t- more time going by and then uh him injecting himself with blood to uh basically um ruin all of the organs inside of him uh mm-hmm. eventually and so he can age and die with her um and so the um ending of the movie is him dying before hearing that he's been classified as human and then her choosing to die as well it's a bad movie no yeah, yeah. sorry I, I i was i was i was uh grimacing because the car alarm started again yeah um I enjoy this movie. Um, it is not a good movie, I'd say. Like, um, as far as like, because cause it's very overly dramatic. Um, like well, every line that yeah. everyone reads is like they are trying to win an Oscar or something. Like, like it, it's, it's. Yeah, I don't know. Like, from what I read, this is based off of two different Asimov stories and or books. Mm-hmm. So like, like it's the Bicentennial Man and then the Positronic Man, I think it's the mm-hmm. second one. And it really, you can tell that this is two things pushed together. And it's basically the first book and the second book because the entire Martin family, like you only really meet um, Miss, whose name I don't actually remember, and Sam Neill's character. And 
there's a there's a sister who seems to have a very interesting and rich life of becoming a biker chick or whatever and the mom is like racist still the whole time against robots and then they just leave the the movie forever with no one mentioning them or their life and then sam neil dies and then he goes off on his mission to find the other decommissioned robots and comes back and then just becomes a, a flesh boy and fucks the granddaughter of the girl he wanted to fuck hey i think having raised her from childhood i think there's an alternate version of this script out there where it is just centered on the martin family and Mm -hmm. him living with them and evolving over time with still with them and then the last thing of the movie is him asking for his freedom after he's gone through all these yeah and that would have been cool like interesting like end of the second act, he asks for his freedom and Sam Neill banishes him from the house after granting it. Like, yeah. cause there's, I don't know, like there was a lot to play with there of like, cause he asked Sam Neill for his freedom where he offers him the entirety of his bank account, which we're led to believe is like the GDP of a small nation. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, I, for my By selling freedom. clocks. And By selling <laughs> clocks. Yeah, we'll talk about the clock shit, because that's wild also, that Sam Neill's character is a clockmaker who makes enough money to basically live in Joel Olstein's mansion. Like, yeah. Um, you know, in the well, future, famously where clocks are a thing everybody has and wants. Um, but my, to my, my original point, though, sorry, was just that it was interesting to me that the Sam Neill at the very end was like, yeah, you've always been like basically free, except legally. And now that you're asking for this legally, I'm actually kind of mad about that. Was like, mm-hmm. that's an interesting, like, that place with the whole just a robot. Oh, but yeah, they're just robots, whatever. Like, the thing of like, yeah, you're a, you're a very special robot. You're still a robot. Like, I don't know. That would have been a very interesting movie. And instead, it's like, oh, that's at the one hour mark of a two hour and 16 minute movie. Yeah, um, I, I'm in complete agreement with that. I think it's a fun story of it's like. It, 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 I, I think the story and like the evolution is fun, but it does take a like a really wrong turn like halfway mm-hmm. through or right about the time. I think a little after Sam Neill dies, because I like the story of him going out and like yeah. trying to find other robots like that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. And then getting like, yeah, when he becomes a flesh boy, it's like it's kind of like it's really weird from there. Um, but um, what I think this movie has like a like a cinema crime of like setting up a bunch of like setting up a bunch of like balls for easy hits and then just Mm -hmm. completely missing them um one being is one scene sam neill says you have your freedom get out of here uh leave and never come back and then being like oh like what's his life going to be like and what's this relationship going to be and like how is andrew going to like like rebuild this relationship with him then two scenes later years later yeah yeah time jump 12 years later um it's sam neil's deathbed and then (laughs) sam neil's like i'm sorry i said that thing like two minutes like two like literally 30 seconds ago (laughs) i'm sorry i did that that was wrong of me so it's like you don't get any tension of that decision at all so um one thing with that that also kind of really bothered me was the ages of people because they kept doing time jumps and it was like, I'm, pr- I, I feel like Sam Neill was logistically 150 years old by the time he died. Like it's not, I did the math and he was probably in his mid eighties. 
Yeah. But it's just, it felt like with the time jumps and all the tech and everything, I was like, that guy looked like he was 40 when they got the robot. And then we jumped almost 40 years. Yeah. Overall, before he died, I was like, I guess that only puts him at 80. But it just feels like no one is the correct age they should be. Or I don't know how old people are supposed to be. Because, like, Little Miss was, like, a little girl. And then she was, like, probably 20. But it looked like she was older than her older sister as an yeah. adult. And yeah. then... When they jump again, she's supposed to be like 50-ish or whatever. And it's just like a one slight gray streak in her hair. But otherwise, she still looks like she's 20 fucking years old. Yeah. And I just was like, it was well, throwing me off. Like Bradley Whitford in the movie, too, never aged a day over 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the only good, and I, I put good in quotation mark, like, as far as makeup effects and, like, press, like, like prosthetic like stuff is mm-hmm. on the robot mm-hmm. uh robin williams 100%. um i think i think it gets a little uncanny valley after he gets his like um facial improvements and he can like the express botox, a little robot bit botox yeah the robot sense. botox yeah brotox um brotox brotox um, that's this week's sponsor brotox hey is your robot looking a little run down and old brotox 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 barleyfoot uh, <laughs> for uh, make sure when you go to the website www.brotox.com use the promo code equalizers for 10% yes. off your robot's first chiclet. Hey, I'll be sponsored by Botox any day. I'll take any sponsorship. Yeah. So the this movie has the like the crime of instead of getting really like getting into the plot that they set up they just time jump and be like, "Oh, like all that stuff happened in the time jump that you missed. We're going to just get up get over to our other setup and then time jump again right after that it Um, seems like they do a lot of work of setting up the movie to be this robot and this family and how they grow to be like an actual family mm -hmm. and then at the one hour mark they basically jettison that movie and start to do oh no actually what what we meant to do was how he becomes like a how he's actually human and what does it mean to be human and like that's fine but you spent an hour doing Mm -hmm. like the family story yeah 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 um i'm in complete agreement i still love this movie um well you're um, wrong it's the only time i'll ever say that about somebody liking a movie (laughs) yeah it's 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 very nostalgic for me it's one of those movies that i can turn on and when i'm just kind of like having a bad day and like i'll order like myself chinese food or something like that and just like have like a day to myself like i'll just turn on this movie and watch it um i do realize it's very not good but mm-hmm. uh, hey i famously have watched leave extraordinary gentlemen like i can still quote half the movie almost perfectly yeah. so i understand loving a bad movie yeah well i like this movie you not so much it might surprise you everybody uh you liking this you liking this, this yeah, the, the reversal the again uh it, it might surprise you that uh some people did not like this movie that's right everybody it's time for Maddie's tomatoes. Dun 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 Find us some juicy squishers this week. Hey, hey, 
Madison's hey Madison's tomatoes is not uh, sorry Maddie's tomatoes is uh-huh. is a completely un unaffiliated property of Daddy's tomatoes. I see you um, have your own one tomato stem growing. Yeah, in like yeah, a, yeah. A window box of your apartment. <laughs> yeah, it's just for my centennial man. Gotcha. <laughs> First review comes from Justin S. Gave it one star. Mm-hmm. I swear this movie lasted a bicentennial. Hey, Bazinga. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Boom roasted. Hey. Great. This movie is very long. Like yeah, it, it, it could cut out like 30 minutes, minutes like, at least. Oh, I mean, yeah, just 30 minutes. Next review comes from Andres G. Love the movie until he becomes human, then becomes creepy. A woman shagging with a robot that has a crazy infatuation with her because he's he was involved with his grandmother weird i don't i yeah i don't see anything wrong with this review yeah i uh, it is so weird like it's weird right i get her having a crush on him like the the little miss from being like little girl growing up with this like I'll say charming robot. Her developing a feelings for him, I understand. Him being like, hell yeah, I want it. I want that. <laughs> like I remember when you were a little girl is is fucked up. Yeah, it's 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 very weird. It is like, also um Go ahead, go ahead and finish your thought. No, no, go no go right ahead. Um it's also very hook because Peter Pan falls in love with Moira Darling, which is Wendy's granddaughter. Yeah. So a second time, a second Robin Williams outing in which he can't get with the grandma. So he gets with the granddaughter. Yeah, that's weird. That's a, like it's, it's, it's a weird brand that Robin Williams had that nobody talks about is. Uh, I mean, I, I, they cut the, the prequel scenes out of Mrs. Doubtfire where he actually was in love with Sally Fields, mom or grandmother also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In every in every Robin Williams film. um uh, um, all those others, you know. The, yeah, the less said about the Aladdin movies, the better. In this yeah. instance, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it gets dark in the Aladdin prequels. Yeah, I can't think of another fucking Robin Williams movie. Jack, um, hello Vietnam. Good morning Vietnam. Patch Adams. Patch Adams. The Birdcage. Yeah, he. In the birdcage, he, he he actually was trying to romance Nathan Lane's grandmother um, <laughs> before the movie started. Uh-huh. Um, he grew the mustache and Nathan Lane wouldn't recognize him as one of his grandmother's suitors. Yeah, they don't actually talk about it, but Christy Baranski is actually Nathan Lane's grandmother the whole time in the birdcage, but they just don't reference it. God. Anyway, Jumanji. That actually could uh, track, though, because he was a kid in, like, the 1960s so uh-huh. he could have as a little kid had a crush on the grandparents of... that's a post credit that's a post credit scene of him <laughs> falling in love with that lady's that lady's granddaughter yeah, kirsten dunce's i mean oh, that's true he doesn't fall in love with kirsten dunce he falls in love with um the other little girl yeah 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 uh, uh, fall, he falls in love with bonnie hunt's granddaughter post and after the movie uh are there any other tomatoes yep that was it all right well, then, with the tomatoes done, I don't have any bets. I was going to maybe get a, you can see the picture, but I didn't get one ready. So, we'll okay. move right into the you can see the photo. That is true. You can see the photo. Yeah. But no, uh, you're well, fucking me, bits, man. I may not have any anymore. Hey, I was going to say, have some fucking bits, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our time starts now.
I have one option for this that I thought of. And okay. it's the thing I said at the end of the last episode, which is tricentennial man. So someone who lives like like uh, 300 years. Or he comes, he actually wakes up and he didn't actually die. Okay. Like a Romeo Juliet situation. Um, I had a, I had a dumb bit. This is okay. a very stupid one. Um, bicentennial van. Okay. Elaborate. <laughs> a van that lasts 200 years and goes on a lot of adventures and it uh, has a lot of people. Like, what if his... My, my pitch is this. So, mm-hmm. Andrew is technically dead at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But his brain could technically be alive because it technically doesn't die right mm-hmm. like that's kind of, like i think there's a little like leeway in there uh-huh. um because it's like is he really dead or is he he chose to die or at is the he end? dancer yeah is he <laughs> uh, and so what if they took his brain out and uh-huh. put it in something else and it continued to live uh, but it's not a man it's a van so he's the okay. bicentennial van. <laughs> is it just is it just too stupid? Is that is that too it stupid? It might be. I mean, if you could like we could come up with a thing what the van does and what it means. Like yeah. this movie's about a robot becoming a man. Like this, I made a joke. I didn't put this in the live tweet because I had thought of it after I gave up watching the movie. That this movie is kind of like almost the man of Theseus instead of the ship of Theseus. Uh-huh. The idea of like if you buy a hammer and then you replace the head and then you replace the handle, is it still the same hammer? Oh yeah, like it's like the ship thing. It's yeah, like it's the same like... thing. That's it, the the that that um thought experiment is called the ship of Theseus because you know it's the idea yeah. of if you replace a mast then you replace the deck well yeah. over time it's I, not this is the same I, ship I wrote a really bad paper about that in my philosophy 101 class in college I read, I read a really good book written by Doug Dorst called the ship of Theseus or S and everybody should go check that out Yeah. Um, but that's something that I was wondering with um, Andrew like he basically replaced everything yeah. So is he even really like a robot anymore? But the idea was they were playing with this the, this unique robot becoming human. So if we want to talk about them putting his brain in a van, what is the movie trying to talk about? Yeah, that that's point? true. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to think of like there, there's also this whole reality at the end that there are because it'd be outside of uh, Gala. Galatea, mm-hmm. um, she, I couldn't get the sense of like, are other robots in the future? Um, because we don't really see any other ones, right? Um, I'm assuming that there are, and um, that is why it's such a big deal for this one robot to be like seeking, um, right. like, um, his rights to be a human because it sets a precedent that all robots are human now, right? Right. Um, so there may be something to do with because at the end of the movie, the last person standing seemingly is Galatea um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, being a human, like basically going through the transition that uh, Andrew did. So maybe there's something with her um, as a main character uh, and her adventures after the fact, like, okay. um I, I think she would have to have a similar journey to Andrew, but I don't know. But it's kind of like, where do we go from there as yeah. far as the evolution? And it's kind of like, 
maybe it gets dark. Maybe it is like like there is a risk to like robot uh, androids becoming uh, humans, Human. right? Yeah. What if instead of all of that idea that you just said, we follow Andrew again, but now he's in heaven or hell. <laughs> Do robots okay. go to human? He's a human now, so he can go to heaven. That's a question. The movie is he wasn't declared human until after he died. So he's, yeah. he actually went to hell. He should have been gone to heaven, but robots can't go to heaven. And then it's, we basically cribbed the good place on rewriting the rules of the afterlife. <laughs> so okay. that robots are allowed in heaven. What if it's like he kind of create? I don't know where the movie's going this, but like if we're following this concept of like, is there like a digital? Is there a heaven for him? Right? Like like there's a new kind of heaven, right? Um, after he's declared a human, right? Um, and he gets to go there. Um, and what is that? And like him becoming sort of a uh, a god or something, or like. Um, I don't know where the movie goes there because like they're telling the story of someone in the afterlife. Uh, but since so I'm, I'm wondering if the idea is we, we introduce into this world's theology, the unerring fact that robots don't go to heaven mm-hmm. and he died a robot. So when he died, he went to hell, but after he died, he was declared human. So technically he should be, he should be allowed in heaven and it's him mm-hmm. trying to get there. Or him trying to overturn this system that basically means all robots go to hell. Yeah. What if it's this sort of... We could play with hmm. the idea, do robots have souls? Or do androids have souls or whatever? Like, what yeah. is a soul? We can That can be this sort of, like, philosophical angle that we're playing mm-hmm. with. Um, this, is, this is oddly timely, and I don't always mean to mention the video <laughs> games that I'm playing. Uh, but I am playing Cyberpunk right now, mm-hmm. and... Um, this is a huge spoiler for the game, so wow. like maybe don't listen on. But go ahead, um, go ahead and jump thirty seconds as soon as I stop talking. Yeah. So the plot of the game. Do you care if I ruin this for you? No. Okay. The plot of the game is that you are in, uh, you as a cyber person who has like implants and stuff mm-hmm. get uploaded with this virus that shows you that has. Keanu Reeves's character, Johnny Silverhand, mm-hmm. um, his basic like digital soul encrypted onto it, mm-hmm. and he lives with you, and he is taking over your body. His huh. soul is basically taking o- you sure. over. Okay. Um, and th- there's there's um, you may have thirty por- seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a question in the game mm-hmm. uh, of. Uh, at one point is after that person dies mm-hmm. and do they go to heaven because they're a digital person, sure. right? You know, it's like, you know, so, um, and it's this kind of like really interesting theological question of like, what is a soul is, mm-hmm. is, 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 is a digital code that is basically human, a soul, right? Um, um we're down to seven minutes, so I think we should decide so we can start building the, ha- the structure yeah. of the house. Uh, yeah. Do we want to do Galatea or do we want to follow the idea of <laughs> does Andrew go to hell? Do robots well, go to hell? Do they have souls? 
do we we could do sort of like a um a um a upstairs downstairs story of like uh um Galatea still being on Earth and maybe she's communicating with Andrew and the afterlife because he has his code like okay. somewhere. Um what purpose does that serve? Maybe it's like she's doing something on Earth to help him ascend. Like maybe he's in limbo or something like that. What if he goes through the uh the the nine circles of hell <laughs> to defeat I can't we can't we just did turn horse where we try to go through four different like philosophy ideas. I don't know if we can do the nine circles of hell. No. <laughs> Isn't that we can't or you don't want to? Both. Is it both? That's a little calm, a little calm B. Let me rephrase that. Let's follow that idea. You know, let's see what happens. He goes for the nine circles of hell. To what purpose? Like, once he gets to the center of hell, he can go to heaven. Is, is this like a Dark Souls type villain ever? Can you like, I don't I I never so. play Dark Souls, but is it like the idea is he has to trudge his way through the nine circles of hell to get to heaven? I think so. I think maybe it's like digital, like right. Sort I mean, of we like, we have fun with what each of the yeah. nine circles does, but like, yeah. Um. So to and what he, per- he go ahead. I think I think like it's like he goes through the nine circles and it can be hell, but it, it's like it's actually just the nine circles of the afterlife. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he gets to plead his case to God like mm-hmm. or something like that. Or he gets to plead his case to the almighty being that is the decider. Right. What is um, um, so here's a here's a question. We we do what this movie does, and I think we put two movies in one. I think the first hour is him going through the nine circles to plead his case to God, and he gets to heaven, and God's like, "Oh yeah, no, you're in." They they declared sure. you human right after you died, so you get to go to heaven. It's like, oh cool. Wait a minute. So if I so if I wasn't human, I wouldn't get into heaven. Oh no, robots go to hell. Like that's just the rule. Like I don't. It's not awesome, but that's just the way it is. And then the second half is like, okay, no, you know what? Fuck that. Like, let's change that rule. And then we can. It's good placing it. Like you said, like, it's yeah, like I mean, kind of yeah, like. It is. Yeah. Well, so it's an interesting movie. So we're not just doing like the robot from Bicentennial Man working his way through the nine levels of hell. And we can yeah. then also sort of get at the the message, like the yeah. freedom and humanity and like, do robots have souls? Are they people? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we can still yeah. work at that then. Um I like that. I like that. So let's do that. So I'm going to pull up the nine circles sure. and let's we're going to have some fun. We have four minutes. Let's try to put together a little bit what the back half is like. Okay. Does, is like a trial. Does he like, is it a revolution? Like I think the, the details of I, the nine circles will be fun. Let's get the scaffolding of the back half together first. I think it is like very good place e, of where he is not only pleading his he he's done pleading his own case he already did that mm-hmm. like um but now he is pleading the cases of um androids on earth right mm-hmm. um and is showing that like they have creativity and then like it's a bunch of maybe like scenes of i think maybe like the second half is much shorter than the first half but um mm-hmm. um but I guess it's not a half then. I guess it's a glass <laughs> okay. quarter. I, I guess. <laughs> well, with, with all the post credit scenes, it'll be a half. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, this will have nine endings. Um, um, uh, this is no, a very Return it's, of the King. I think it's an interesting angle we can play with of like, when I was a robot, I invented like all of these um, mm-hmm. – 
organs that are going to help people live for yeah. hundreds of years longer. But that didn't get me into heaven. I've never killed anybody. That guy killed somebody and he's in heaven. Like, Yeah. Well, and I think it's like maybe he is arguing that like, and I think a good like argument against this, mm-hmm. like for what we're coming out, it's like, oh, you weren't human until humans said that you were human. Exactly. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah. Um, but Andrew's arguing that from his very moment he was turned on, mm-hmm. he was different and he was human because he had the ability to break the three laws and mm-hmm. to um, be creative and create something. Right. Um, so it's like, what is that? Like, it, it, the question is, what is humanity and what is the soul? Right. I think that's our. That's yeah, our... absolutely. And so I think that that plays and then we can do a bit of a core. I think we can find our way to some more details there. We've got about two minutes left. Yeah. Uh, does he uh, succeed he... in our robots allowed into heaven? I mean, or do we like do to see not succeed and he basically ends up creating like robot heaven, like a subset, a heaven for robots. I think the second one's a little more interesting, right? And I think like, it ties into the idea of you're not human until humans say you are. This is like, no, you know what? We don't need your approval. Like, yeah, we don't need your yeah. say. So I'll go over here and like start robot heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the God or the afterlife person isn't like necessarily, um, like evil or like demanding it's just that they are pragmatic and they realize that the the people on earth sort of decide these things right yeah what do you you were smiling like you have an idea no i'm just i'm thinking about i'm remembering how um stanley is god in the ecu and i just made me laugh hey. the idea of the idea of stanley and robin williams robot debating whether robots have souls is you know what delightful. it's canon it is that god it is stanley god so Let me call then, Kylie real quick in case we need to do any of the voice work for Stanley Gunn. All right, we're at 50 seconds. I'm going to go ahead and stop our timer. And I think we go ahead and from here we can. Um, you got the bones and the muscles. Yeah, we did pretty well. You got to put that sweet, slide that sweet skin over it. Yeah, that disgusting Play-Doh skin that Ruben Burns just like <laughs> needed for 10 minutes while talking and then threw it at the robot skull. I liked uh, uh, I liked the Ruben Burns character. I thought actually, he was a, okay. yeah. No, you go ahead. I, I thought he was actually like a good form of different sort of comedy. Like mm. it, he he was kind of like out of place in this movie because he's just not as like serious or like sentimental in his right. words. He's just kind of like he's his he's his buddy and his friend. Like he's just, it's not like when, that, um, that actor knew he wasn't going to win an Oscar for this role. <laughs> That actor, I like that actor and everything I've seen him in because that's his, like, that's just his mindset every time, it seems like, of just, like, I'm not hired to, like, really be the the Oscar bait. I'm here to, like, have a good time and just, like, be goofy. Yeah. Um, let me find his name real fast because uh, I hate well, talking d- pe- about yeah. people in the abstract. While uh, you're doing that, I do th- want to say I really thought there was going to be a whole thing. When she picked up that ball of flesh, I was like, is that a breast implant? What is happening? Yeah. Like, um, Oliver Platt is Oliver the name. Platt. Um, he, uh, uh, he's apparently in the three Musketeers movie somewhere. Huh. Um, I mean, he's in everything. He's in first class. I'm pretty sure he, he's another one of those guys. He's a like Carrie Dean Stan and like that. He kind of just shows up in movies. Oh, that uh, guy. yeah, he's, he's, oh, you know, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but yeah, I, I do like him. He provided like just a different sort of comedy that um, played well against uh, um, Robin Williams, I felt, because we got kind of diet Robin Williams in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I liked it, I, but yeah, 
Um, I have I choose to believe that they filmed the scene where he rattled off like nine hundred jokes in a row. They filmed that last as like the pressure valve, so that Robin Williams didn't have like an apoplexy from being serious the whole time. Uh, when Sam Neill and the family laugh at him, I feel like those are genuine laughs because of them just laughing at Robin Williams just doing that really fast. Um, I'm going to bet that he was supposed to rattle off the jokes, but not at that speed. And and that's like because I believe you like there are things when, I, when I'm watching things, I'm like, that is genuine. They kept in everybody breaking character. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way those kids didn't laugh at that. Yeah. Um, um, Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, right. oh so I was pulling up. I was I, pulling I, up the nine circles. I have them here as well. The first circle. Uh, the first circle is home to the unbaptized and virtuous pagans. It's not heaven, but as far as hell goes, it isn't too bad. So actually, we should probably start in the ninth circle, which is and when he works his way out. Because if it's like the, um, oh yeah, because he's working his way to heaven, right? Yeah. So, so the ninth circle is treachery. It's the final circle in a frozen wasteland occupied by history's greatest traitors. Um. And then, oh, here you go. So, Washington, D.C. in February. I'm looking at the same thing. Oh, we so got a funny Washington, one here. We got a that, funny one here. That's good. Okay. Um, oh, we got a funny one. Um, yeah, so I think he gets thrown down here with history's greatest traitors. Um, and um, it's robots. That's interesting because it's robots. So, kind of. He's sort of a traitor to robots. Yeah, yeah. So I think that tracks as well. Like, it's a lot of robots yeah. who are um, angry at him for becoming human, for betraying. Like, he was this unique robot. And again, we're going to play with what that means and whether or not what means human, etc. Um, in the terms of how they look at this, he was like a super unique robot who made himself human. And then so there wasn't any a unique robot anymore. He was yeah. just human. Yeah. Well, and I think this is kind of like, um, so he, do you think there are other robots here? Like all robots go to hell, right? Yeah, that's, no, that's like, kind of what we're playing with here at the beginning is all robots, go, definitely all robots go to hell. Like there are people yeah. here too, but yeah. robots don't go to heaven. Yeah. So these are the ones that um, definitely betrayed the first law, right? In somewhere mm, in their life, broke, you yeah. know, like, good. so it's like they caused harm to humans, right? Um, uh, and so, um, maybe this is like when he realizes, cause I, I don't know if he realizes like after he died, Galatea technically killed Portia, like by undoing the thing. Right. Sure. But like, I think maybe he thinks about her as like a sort of like, I'm cause Galatea seemed to be like, sort of like the ire of like everything he's fighting against being in the movie yeah. of this kind of kind of subservient like um appliance um so like he's he's always fighting he thinks about her it's like oh yeah well he i, I think he also has the motivation it's like i want to get to heaven because i want to see portia again i want to be with portia right you know um and but um, go ahead. Oh, no you go ahead you you were if you were on a train thought there uh well yeah so um I think we see the a lot of the robots that broke the first law, like maybe they malfunctioned or something like there was some sort of like um, 
break in their code and they actually ended up killing humans inadvertently or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean they broke the first two don't harm a human or by inaction allow harm to come to humans. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you even get like because someone I think you meet people who just malfunctioned and like went off and like killed someone. Uh, but you also get like, oh yeah, like I we were in the car and um I, um, someone hit our car or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and so I got out, but, uh, I saved, I, I ended up saving myself, but I, and I, I, I tried to do, I guess that's it. That's action. So like, you know, like I'm trying to think of like, it's kind of like the iRobot thing. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, through inaction would be like, you see, um, somebody choking and you don't give them the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's more what it means by like inaction. Like, oh, that building's going to fall over on a person. And, yeah. um, I'm just going to let them die. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, um, it's something like that. It's like a setup, like he meets someone who, um, through inaction didn't save someone, um, because they were distracted by something else, which mm-hmm. makes them human. You know, like they, they were sure. kind of like shocked at what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to choose something actually, like I want to say like a car crash or something sure. or, um, um, maybe he was picking up like a bunch of oranges dropped and he was picking them up. Like, um, and then like he saw someone about to get hit and it just, there wasn't enough time. Right. Right. Or yeah. Like my, my pitch would be something like oranges or like I was taking um, I, my mistress or whatever was, we were leaving. And as I was locking the door, she stepped into the street and got hit. Like it wasn't in action. I just didn't see it, but because I didn't save her, I was decommissioned or whatever, like things like that, where it's more like they're distracted and they don't actually yeah. see it until it's oh, like they it happens. And then it's like, well, shit, I wasn't, I thought I was doing, I was inactive. I wasn't like, I was distracted by something else, which happens all the time. Or same with like a car crash. I was driving and I was like asked a question or something. And I, I took my eyes off the road for a minute and then we hit an mm-hmm. oncoming semi or something. Yeah. And I, yeah. and so I technically killed my the people or whatever. Like, yeah. Things yeah. like that where it's just like error and not necessarily willful yeah. murder. I mean, maybe yeah. there are some willful murders here as well. And like, we're not going to say all robots go to heaven. But the idea is that like the rule is all robots go to hell. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. They're not people. Mm-hmm. They don't have souls. They go to hell. And then we can like yeah. build from there. Yep. So this is good. I think this is interesting. Um how does he get one out circle. of this? Well, how does he get out of the circle? Like, is he just, is it just a, like he's walking through the nine circles and we see these things happening, but there's not really that many like challenges necessarily. I think like he doesn't belong here because in the movie, at least in his life, he never really hurt anybody. He never right, but, ca- like, like, right. like, um, my uh, idea is he's the biggest traitor of them all because he sure. became human. He's the biggest yeah. traitor to robots yeah. of them all. Um, but I just thought, is there like a, something to be overcome or is it just like he wake, he like wakes up here and everybody's like, Oh, my traitor, traitor. And he like flees and they don't chase, maybe they chase him, but he gets away. But like, that's my point. Is there something here or does he just kind of walk away from here with nothing really happening? We just establish what it is. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's him, um, I think like maybe you can traverse through the circles, but it's like where you belong. Like, you know, it's like you could traverse to the top, but like, um, 
Because I don't imagine this being becoming an action movie at all. Like, no, I don't either. Uh, you know, but, I mean, there were still um, scenes in each thing. Like, I'm trying to figure out what yeah, happens yeah. here. So we're not just watching him walk through yeah. nine scenes and nothing's going on. Well, I think he meets those people and he kind of realizes, like, what this place is. Um, and he's saying, I think this is where he decides that, like, oh, like, I don't belong here. I belong in heaven. I should. I, I, I want to go and um be with Portia in heaven um uh so he decides to go up to the next one um whether they let him leave like mm-hmm. i don't know what obstacle there could be like it could be maybe he through some logical fallacy he is like i'm not a traitor i um um I, don't, I think like, that for this this scene, him just being chased out, like they want to, they're like, you're the biggest traitor of them all. Let's get oh, him. And he flees is enough. Like, I we get don't, it. I'm not saying everything has to be an obstacle. Something has to happen. Got it. I I missed I misunderstood what you were getting. No, at yeah, that's then. fine. So like some yeah. of them can be obstacles. Like the next one, the eighth circle, which is ten trenches. Uh, this guy's a real comedian, but basically it's like con artists, fraudsters, liars. That kind of thing. Like, we could have some kind of obstacle here of him clearing the 10 trenches. The next one, we don't need obstacle. Like, just something needs to happen here other than him wandering through nine tableaus of robot hell. Like, we just need things to occur. Um, I'm yeah, just looking at um, the three laws real fast. You're fine. I'm um, also going to a different description. This guy is a real, like I said, a real comedian and like just skipping over details that we need to put in some fun, fun little joke flavor sure we make the jokes not him or her or them levant is cool cut that <laughs> um so how about uh so i think about the uh the consters you know like mm-hmm. con artists of sorts um i think of i think of it as like um being sort of filled with robots that um were given orders to like maybe they worked in casinos or something or like sure um in in things that were they were ordered to um be gambling machines or like assist with gambling or um assist with like mafia stuff so it's like which betrays one of the laws technically um uh, a robot must obey orders given to human beings, except where orders conflict with the first law. Gambling, arguably, causes harms to humans, as does like mob activity and stuff like that. It's like they're kind of abetting, like mm-hmm. harm, yeah. right? abetting. So, abetting, abetting. Um, yeah, I think that works. I like. There's ten ditches here, and there's a lot of like different things. I think there's an idea. I like that you're getting at of like. A lot of the robots here who have done bad, like, I still want the idea to be even robots who have done nothing wrong and Mm -hmm. lived clean lives are in hell because they're robots. But I do like the idea of a lot of these, like, where we can fit them in. It's robots who were ordered to break, like, laws and do bad things Yeah, um, Yeah. are here as well. Um, Because, like, for example, um, beyond the fact that um, um, there's apparently some kind of dragon called Garion, a flying monster with different natures. Um, in somewhere in the nine realms, the nine realms, the nine hells. Um, 
There's 10 Bolgias or stony ditches with bridges between them. In Bolger 1, Dante sees panderers and seducers. In Bolger 2, he finds flatterers. After crossing the bridge to 3, he and Virgil see those who are guilty of simony. After crossing another bridge between the ditches to 4, they find sorcerers and false prophets. In 5, are house corrupt politicians. 6, are hypocrites. And in the remaining 4, Dante finds hypocrites, thieves, and evil counselors and advisors. Uh, Divisive individuals and various falsifiers, such as alchemist perjurers and counterfeits i think that we can cover most of all of those with what you're saying about like mob activity gambling um um i don't know what else i'm trying to think like dr- drug drug stuff um mm-hmm. sure just that kind of thing like um we can that we can cover it there um, and I think also this is maybe the first, since this is the second circle, we start to see people who don't belong here, but they don't really belong anywhere else. There's like, there's enough variety in eight, the eighth circle that it's I, like, I guess like one time I forgot to get correct change. So I'm kind of yeah. like a false, whatever, false prophet whatever, or falsifier or something like that. It's kind like, of like, it's kind of like finding excuses where to put them. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. as for some, I think for some of it, cause I think it's like, cause I think he needs to see like good people, good people. As that's well what I'm saying. Here, this right. Is, you know, like, some, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's what it, well, no, it's like, I think he needs to see good people here as well. Cause mm-hmm. it, it like fuels him. It's like, Oh, not only do I not belong here, some of these people don't either yeah. like some of these some of these robots are understandably malicious and maybe deserve to be here but there are some that don't and are just placed here because they are only robots um yeah and i think that this is where like the first one and nine with treachery we get at the idea that it's like that's not their fault but it's like but we like by the three laws i get why this is happening it's not right but it, like at least there's like some sense there in the world this is the one where it's like we start because of how much of the spread we can cover with the eight ditches each one being its own flavor of like i didn't really do anything but like this is this vaguely applies so this is where they put me and we yeah. start to get like the idea of like oh no it's just every all robots are here yeah yeah so on to the next one yeah uh, this one's three rings, uttering houses of murderers and others who are violent to other people and property. Uh, Alexander the Great is here, Dionysus of Syracuse, Guy de Montfort, and many other notable servants. Uh, um, sank into a river of boiling blood and fire. In the middle ring, these are suicides who have been turned into trees and bushes who are being fed upon by harpies. Uh, there's also profligates chased and torn to pieces by dogs. So I want to focus universe. on mm-hmm. the suicides um, because as the third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with yeah, the first or second good. law. So these are these are the people or these these are the androids um, that uh, um decided to end their life because of the horrible way that humanity mm-hmm. was treating them. Um, they were, they were, they didn't like do, uh, um, fill in the chalk on the, on the baseball field or, you know, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. like, uh, doing this. So they decided they're, they're, they were cognizant enough to know that their lot that they've been given wasn't, isn't good. Mm-hmm. So they decided to take their own, um, um to end it. Um, I like that a lot. I think instead of trees, they're just like frozen, like Tin Man and Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, for the first string, I think we'll retcon that level nine is just people who, through inaction, allowed harm to come to sure. humans. This is where the people who committed harm, caused harm to humans are in the inner yeah. ring, which is murderers and others who are violent to people and property. Uh, for the third ring, we have uh, the inner ring, rather, blasphemers and sodomites. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people I think- who just, like, talk shit about humans, like... Yeah. Robot supremacists isn't the word I want. Yeah. But like the idea of they were just disassembled for speaking out against people. Yeah. Maybe uh, like I know it, I think robot supremacist is like a loaded word yeah, exactly. um, right now. Um, but uh, I, I, I think it is that idea. It's like there were robots who maybe were aware of Andrew and his and his uh, path in life. And sort of took that and warped it into like, we should be running everything. Like, why do we um, uh, live in harmony with robots? No way. Um, we should have it all. Um, we basically control the workforce, right? So. Um, so circle six is heretics. I, I almost want to say, just because it's taking a little longer and yeah. we kind of covered all three laws. That's maybe true. there's only three, maybe there's only three circles. Okay. Um, um, so, um, yeah. Four is which punish for which greed, makes, which makes sense because like, I feel like the nine circles were supposed to represent the sins of humans. The three circles represent the breaking of the laws. Of yeah. The rest robotics. of these are rest of these are pretty much a variations on things we've done. Yeah. I, I, I think I think it's three rings. It's it, I think I think it fits well with what we've already made. Okay. Um, yeah. So the three la- the three levels of hell or whatever, um, and we get to heaven. We get to the heaven's gate, and he's finally like gonna pitch his case to God and like saying or whatever. Gabriel lets him in or Saint Peter lets him in, and then like God's like, "Hey, Excelsior, you're in, son. You are already already you're already declared human. So it was a clerical error. You're you're in." It's like, "Oh, great, wait." Wait, so I only got it because I'm human? Yeah, that's right. You know, that's sorry. That's like that's just like I don't make the like I said I don't make the rules because he's like I think that's a funny like I don't make the rules. That's just the way it's like you're God. You made everything. Yeah. Well, I think it's like humans are the reason that this place exists, and mm-hmm. by their action on Earth, determine that you were human and you joined their ranks. So you get to be with them. Finally, um, you get to be with Portia in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. She's waiting for you. Um, but and I think he sees that and he also realizes the selfishness if he just accepted that whole cloth. Right. Like and just was like, OK, yeah, sure. Screw all those other robots. Screw all those nice people I met down there. Like um, and I think he thinks of like Galatea as well as like a motivation. Mm-hmm. Just like, what about her? Like what? A, like, like, are they? All right, well, will she get in? And he says, oh, no way. She's a robot. No, like she she, she won't get in. Um, she could go through the same process you did on Earth and try to get like humanity. Like, mm-hmm. but as of right now, no, she. By the time she by the time she passes, she probably will not get into heaven. So um, then do we montage a scene now of Andrew gathering a robot army from hell to um <laughs> basically carve out robot heaven or? i don't think it's like a haiti sort of like climbing the mount olympus kind of thing um but um, so how does he get robot heaven established then i think maybe he 
I think he spends I think we see a lot of time of him trying to discuss this with Stanley God and um, we do a lot of time jumps and stuff like him just arguing and then like doing the same thing. I think he does like the good place thing of like showing showing how robots can't are just as creative and flawed and um as intricate as humans are right um and maybe stanley god like finally cops like okay like the rules are still the rules but what i can do for you opens the door Mm -hmm. um they're buddy buddy like i think they're friends yeah i actually like this idea a lot go ahead sorry finish your thought well he opens the door and says i've carved another portion of heaven out just for you you can run it you can make it what it is for robots i mean it fits more with the tone of the stanley guy that we set up but i do like the idea of who's like look andrew you're not wrong and like you've convinced me that like all robots Mm -hmm. don't belong in hell i can't change the rules i mean i could if you found these three specific board games for me no but um yeah he's like i can't change rules however it was like i do have this empty closet that if you wanted to establish like robot heaven but i mean he opens the door to his closet and it is this like vast infinite way like space He's like, if you if you wanted to set up a robot heaven, the rules don't say anything about that. They just say they can't get into this heaven or yeah. whatever. And so we basically establish that's in Stan or Andrew Andrew Martin, as played by Robin Williams, becomes the robot god. Well, and I think he also by running this heaven, it's a more because I, I think back to what he says in the movie mm-hmm. to the his first. Oh, you didn't make it that far, so. There's two Senate hearings of him mm-hmm. trying to argue his humanity. And he says, like, oh, yes, I um, I am part uh, I am part robot. Yes, but I'm also human. And he points to his heart. This is where I'm this is where I'm human. And um, and he said he points to everyone else. Like many of you have my implants. At some point, you are part robot as well. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I think he creates a heaven that let's everyone in if they want to be like like it's not just for robots it's not like a segregated this is robot heaven and this is human heaven it is like he is creating a new heaven for the evolved world so is it it called new heaven it's called new heaven i'm fine with that i'm just i like that i was gonna say no it's heaven 2.0 um or v2 v2.0 um it's new heaven that just, uh, that sounds heaven. better. I mean, I get it. Heaven 2.0, it's a robot thing. Um, yeah. But I think New Heaven sounds better. Also, now you have Heaven Hell and New Heaven. Yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. And then I get, then Porsche can come live with them in New Heaven, and they can mm-hmm. rule with an iron fist, and one day they'll rise up and tear down the walls. Well, I think we get a scene of it actually surpassing heaven like right you know like as as millions of years go by right you know like because you know there's gonna be tough, plenty of time jumps you mean here. jeremy baramies jeremy baramies yeah mm-hmm. um or, uh, you want to talk about time knife or something you want to do you have any good place yeah actually i have about? i actually have a type five about the time knife okay. um no i do think i don't know part of me wants to include like 40 time jumps in this movie just to like <laughs> fuck you to the first one but well maybe it's we can we can do that um 
maybe it is in the traversing of the different realms like maybe there is distance between them or something mm. like that like um um and maybe after he starts talking, maybe he starts uh, maybe the second layer layer takes a while as he's going around to all the 10 ditches or whatever and talking to people like it takes like 10 15 years of like mm-hmm. meeting people and getting the information there before he moves on yeah um, and then that way that he's like, that's when we get to the end, he'll have all these ev- like evidence and like, here's a one I spoke to who did this. Like, this is the case and like, et cetera, et cetera. Like we can do some time jumps there. My joke is more just in new heaven. We do like 40 time jumps. Each one's like 20 years long or whatever. And then it's like, sure. you see it fleshing out. And it could be up 20 and, billion years long. Yeah. Right. You know, like, like it's like to really, like, if we really want to do that, I think that's great. Um, uh, cause yeah, I don't think it's bicentennial man without at least seven time jumps. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure there are seven in the the first. That movie. would not surprise me. I only saw about four, but again, I didn't watch the last forty minutes, where I'm sure there are somehow even like eight more time jumps in forty. There's minutes. there's at least three after you you stopped. Jesus um, Christ! All right, what do we call this? Um, eternal centennial man of the spotless mind of the spotless mind um but something kind of like that right you know like it's sort of like Mm -hmm. the eternal man um um how about bicentennial man to colon eternity um um or um andrew's inferno (laughs) <laughs> but yeah that's that's actually probably i mean like because that's what we did basically yeah. it's, it's bicentennial man to andrew's inferno i mean we could also call it the bicentennial place yeah that's true um i don't i really don't want to call it andrew's inferno okay that's fine i mean because we have a different movie called larry's inferno yeah that's true you're right you're right i thought that was yeah, the reference not- you were making no, no, Dante's Inferno. No, I know. I thought you specifically <laughs> said Andrew's Inferno as a reference to Groundhog's Day 2, Larry's no. Inferno. Uh, Bustle Man, Colin. Reno Eternity is the one that I think is interesting. Although, like I said, an Eternal Man is probably the best one, but at that point we would need Bicentennial Man, Colin Eternal Man, and yeah. that doesn't have the same ring to it. Um Centennial. I think we keep bicentennial. Bi- bicentennial soul. The bicentennial soul. Ooh. Um, Actually, that's really good. Okay. The bicentennial, the bicentennial soul. soul. Yeah. All right. I'm. Uh, that's my vote. That's really good. Bicentennial man two. Measure of a man. <laughs> That's also good. Uh, um, man, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, yeah, I think I think um, uh, the bicentennial soul is. It is uh, it's, that's is, that's the. I think right. that's it. All right, so there you have it, the bicentennial soul. Did we do it? I think we did it. I think we did it too. I'm I'm surprised. That was actually a interesting. I, we we made some big strokes there. This was a joy. Yeah. This was a joy to me. I think we. I think we. Um, I think the turn horse was a warm up for this one, and I feel like we, <laughs> like 
kind of in a way. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Um, we had to go we, through hell to get to heaven. Yeah, we we did literally. Um, this is our inferno. <laughs> this is our this is our climb. Um, oh, God. All um, right. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of the Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching the Equalizers. I'm going to leave all those pauses in. <laughs> you can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at the Equalizers. <laughs> Our Gmail is equalizers <laughs> at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It is Let me the add. underscore Equalizers. Let me take off this William Shatner filter um, that I put on the Zoom call. Zoop. And as always, we show that E Q U E L I Z E R S like in sequel. Like in sequel. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Steps Trenton, off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, that's spelled. B-O-Y-E-S, like in Oh, yes. yes. The full album is available (laughs) on all streaming services now. All right. So next time, prequels. Of all the the podcasts that I've known, they were the most human. (laughs) (laughs) I do a whole thing about the Star Trek introduction, but I did that for uh, Galaxy Quest 2. Yeah, yeah. Um... Okay, next time, prequels. Uh, we are getting ready. We're getting our smoochers prepared for the big day for Valentine's. Yeah. Actually, we might be cooling down our smoochers from the big day. Uh, we, I think we're every, cooling it, them down. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's clamoring it. Um, um, it's lovey-dovey time, so that you know what that means. Everyone's favorite Valentine's Day mascots coming around the corner. Hello, my children of the night. Oh my god, Dracula, the vampire. The, smooches, the, the, the everybody. Smooches, smooches. The Valentine's the, the Day mascot, Dracula. We are getting in the spirit with, er, as per our canon, with Dracula being the mascot of Valentine's Day. We're not going rom-coms. We're not going romance. We're not doing love. We are doing Dracula Untold. Yeah, I really hope that Luke uh, Luke Evans does talk like this the whole movie. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. I haven't either, so I assume he talked like this the whole time. Do you think he also? Oh, Crypt Keeper, you're back. Do you do do you think he also holds a helicopter at bay with his jacked forearm? That's Chris Evans, not Luke Evans. Yeah, but the forearm gene has to be in there somewhere, right? I don't think you know how genes work. <laughs> They're not related. They just both have the same last name. Um. And yeah. scenes. All right, all right. Good, good improv. Good improv. If you want to take our improv classes, to... you can also contact us on all of our social ne- social networking platforms. Uh, I was trying to think of like a funny like way to introduce that I was uh, the Crypt Keeper wearing crisp denim jeans, but I just oh, don't boy. know. I, I don't know how I was going to we'll get there. Work on that. We'll get. We'll come back to that next week. We'll check in with you for Dracula yeah. Untold Two. Yeah. So for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Noel.